for this? Mm-hmm. Y'all ready for this? <laughs> I feel like I'm living in a deja vu land. Moving my bird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you're what? My bird. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, just so you don't spill it all over the place. Don't make a mess. All right. (laughs) Fuckers or asses. Make me drop my beer. (laughs) (laughs) Please tell me you're recording that. Uh, All right. Well, it's your lucky day because welcome to the Speed Force Media podcast. Uh, Hello, everybody. My name's Derek. With me, as always, is my wife, Eleanor. Hello. And this is the uh, safe place where we gather up all of our favorite news from the land of comic book movies, TV, and even holiday specials nowadays. Oh, thank Odin you are here today to uh, keep me in line, because last week I was debating on doing the show by myself. You were not here with me, unfortunately, so there was no show last week for any of you regular viewers, any of you new viewers out there. Thank you for being here. Welcome. Um, I was debating on doing it by myself, but I was like, ah, I just don't know. I don't know if it'd be the same without Eleanor. You tend to get a little wild and crazy by yourself. So I, I just go off on tangents and rambles, very ADD, and you're, you keep me in check. You just snap me and whip me in the face, and you just say, hey, Keep on track. <laughs> More like the hand <laughs> signal of you're going on a little while. <laughs> Belt me in the head and Good thing we don't have cameras, right? So people can't see this. <laughs> so number one, well I'm gonna go through the topics really quick and then we'll just jump jump straight in. So uh number one is gonna be the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special releases this week. Uh number two, the CCXP event. Marvel released the very first Guardians 3 trailer, I believe. It was the very first trailer. Yeah, this is the first one for Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Volume 3. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania Legacy trailer also was released. Uh, then we're going to be playing a new game on the show, Buy or Sell. Nothing new. I'm sure you guys have all seen a Buy or Sell version. This is our version. Uh, and then our rest of our topics are going to be DC in the second half of the show. Is going to be WB Discovery in negotiation talks with Amazon for DC animated projects. What does that mean for HBO Max? Asher Angel is ready for Shazam to cross over with the rest of the DCU. And James Gunn posted a picture of the Kingdom Come series. And it's got fans speculating about what it could possibly mean. All right, so a big week, a lot to go over. So the reason why we're starting by ourselves because we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. This oh week, yeah. So, all right. So number one is Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Um, as soon as I heard about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, not gonna lie, I instantly dismissed it because. I'm just not really, honestly, the Christmas movie type. I watch a few handful of my personal favorites from, you know, my childhood nostalgia. They're all crap, so I'm not going to mention them at this time. But I, <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm not the biggest Christmas movie fan for some reason. Um, so I didn't really have any interest in it. And I saw the trailer, and I was still like, eh, I don't know, maybe, maybe it is James Gunn and. You know, got to say, I liked it. 
I heard it was amazing. I heard it was the Scarface of all Christmas specials. And I liked it. I, I thought it was cute. I thought it had a lot of great moments for Peter Quill and everything they did with Kevin Bacon I thought was hilarious. I love the fact that Kevin Bacon is just his own character in the MCU. I really hope that in like Secret Wars or something, somehow, some way they could like maybe add a variant of Oh, what's the character's name from First Class that he oh, plays? Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, um, we'll put a picture Sebastian of him up or Shaw. something. Yes. And that would be so great if he killed Kevin Bacon oh in the God. MCU. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> Kevin Bacon's like, uh, wait, you know. look a lot like I don't know. me. Maybe, maybe it'd be <laughs> terrible. It'd be good in like a Deadpool movie. Yeah. You know? Oh, my God. That'd be perfect in a Deadpool Um, Ryan Reynolds, listen up, please. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have a request. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I did really like the Guardians uh, holiday special and I liked that they finally made Mantis and Peter you know siblings that's been speculated for years and years so and I, I really am a big fan of everything that not everything that James Gunn's done but and this was certainly not supposed to be as big or epic in scale you know this is a kid-friendly holiday special it's an adventure it's a friendly fun time set during the Christmas uh, time and I loved uh, Drax in this one. I thought he was really uh, given a spotlight. He was given a lot of screen time. I was so pleasantly Mantis. surprised, yeah, for both of them, which have kind of been, you know, a little underused at times throughout the MCU. So I was really glad to see it. Now, I wouldn't say it's the Scarface of all holiday specials um, as far as maybe comic book holiday specials or superhero holiday specials. I'd say it's definitely up there just because there's certainly not too many of them. Um, but, you know, I wasn't blown away by it. Thought it was cute. What, what did you think? Okay, so I'm just going to say, like, my personal thoughts on holiday specials is that my favorite is A Christmas Story. Like, that is God tier to me. My family loves A Christmas Story. We watch it every year. Um, I would not say that this is anywhere near a Christmas story for me. Um, I heard from John Campia, like, he made this sound like it was going to be something amazing, and so I was really hyped for it. And then I went into it with that hype, and I was kind of disappointed, honestly. I thought it was good, but I probably liked it less than you. I thought it was cute, um, but... For me, I was like, this is just kind of... It was supposed to have kind of your Hallmark movie feel. But Hallmark movies are definitely not the movies for me. And so I, right. just, kind of found, I just kind of found myself at part of the movie looking at my phone and going, when is this going to be over? <laughs> and that's not a good thing to think when you're looking. And I do like Christmas movies. I have quite a few Christmas movies I like. So most of them are the older claymation ones, like, you know... The Frosty classic, the yeah, like classic. those ones, yeah, gotcha. like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, all those classic ones, A Year Without a Santa Claus, but I mean, so for this, for me, I was like, mm, if I had to give it a scale of 1 to 10, I'd probably say 6.5, maybe a 7 if I'm feeling rather generous. So still positive. Still yeah, still definitely positive. Up. Yeah, definitely like on a Jeremy Johns scale, like good time, no alcohol required for sure. Like definitely a good time. But yeah. I would say for me, like I just was with how 
John Campia hyped this. Maybe it was my fault for watching John Campia hey, before hey, going you into gotta, this. You got to leave your expectations at, at the, the door. door. I know. I didn't do what he said. I totally was like <laughs> took John's expectations in the door with me. And that was kind of my fault going into it. But, you know, I was See. just like, I do agree with some of his opinions. So I was like, maybe he's right about this and I should be a little more hyped for it. And then when I went into it, I was like, mm, I'm a wee bit disappointed. But I still liked it and thought it was cute. As a holiday special. Yeah. And right. I did really enjoy Kevin Bacon. I pretty, like, spoiler alert for anyone. Like, I'm about to discuss something that is in the special. So if you haven't seen it, uh, maybe skip ahead, like, 15 seconds. But It's when... nothing major to the MCU canon, right. you know? When, uh... Kevin Bacon came out of the box and Mantis put like took her powers off of him and he freaked the fuck out and uh he was, he was like so you don't good. don't run away okay and he's like uh-huh I'm not going to run away and then as soon as they let him go he takes off I'm like that's exactly what I would fucking do too that's hysterical I love it I will say though towards the end where like they actually get to enjoy a christmas you know it's the fairy tale christmas ending it's very they, heartwarming they're introduced to the idea of christmas and kevin bacon's like hey i'll see you at easter uh i absolutely love him but the big thing for me first of all we didn't get much groot or nebula as as i much would have liked no gamora right we didn't see gamora at all okay i loved the dog can't remember the dog's name oh my god the talking golden retriever was the best the biggest thing was rocket getting Bucky's arm. I had to look it up afterward. It was like, okay, but is that Bucky's actual arm or did Nebula go and get it? Like, go and get like a, a clone of it or something. But James Gunn like confirmed. He's like, uh, no, guys, yeah, Nebula with the technology from an alien species could beat a human. Which oh, is like, so she probably just went and ripped his arm off. No, literally. And then Bucky's going to exactly have to get what a saying. new arm. <laughs> that's exactly what he's saying. He's probably going to get it back. You know, it's, it's either not that be... or he is like Rocket's going to be like, look at my arm I have. And then he's going to be like, I have a new arm that is even better than the old arm. Look at this sweet ass arm. For any of you that didn't remember, because I don't think Eleanor remembered at the time. or No, or... I looked at you and I was like, why the fuck did he get an arm for Christmas? I'm confused and in... disturbed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that scene in uh, Infinity War where they're all fighting in the, in the end. Rockets, Rocket and Bucky are fighting together. And he says, oh, how much for the gun? And Bucky's like, not for sale. And he's like, how much for the arm? And he walks away. He's like, nope. He's like, oh, I'm going to get that arm. And he finally freaking got it. So that was the greatest part of that for me. But what do you guys think about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? Were you disappointed with it at all? Did it live up to your expectations? I didn't really have much expectations because it's just a holiday special, you know. But like the, like I said, there was a lot of hype going into it. So it, I could see why Eleanor and other people would be also disappointed with it. But moving on to the CCXP event. Now, I believe this is a Comic-Con event in Brazil. I could be totally dead wrong. But I, as much... If you know exactly I, what it is, please let us know down in the comments. I tried looking up the exact abbreviation for it, and I found like a hundred different things. So the C CCXP event, Marvel released a couple of different trailers. We got a couple of different stuff coming out of there from other studios as well, looked like. Uh, looked like Transformers got a trailer, Indiana Jones 5 got a trailer, but this one we're going to be talking about is the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer. Now, I remember when I heard they were making the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and honestly, as a DC fanboy at the time, 
I was so pissed because I was like, okay, Marvel can do a Thor movie. They can do two Thor movies. They can do three Iron Man movies, Guardians of the Galaxy. They're going to be doing Ant-Man. But Warner Brothers has had a Flash movie in development since 1988, and we can't get one Flash movie. But Marvel can put out 100 X-Men and all this, all that so I just instantly was like, ah, I'm, I don't want to see Guardians of the Galaxy. Who cares about a talking tree and a talking raccoon on One a spaceship? One might say you were jaded. <laughs> I was so jaded, damn it. <laughs> and then I saw the movie. And I wasn't familiar with anything James Gunn had did, or right. done. And, you know, it's still not in my top 10 MCU movies. Fair enough. Fair Pretty enough. close, though. Both of them. I loved at least both in the of top them. twenty, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely in the top twenty MCU. Maybe movies, even for in the sure. top hundred. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, I thought they were they were a blast. Honestly, the the way that James Gunn is able to use obscure characters, like I said, talking trees and raccoons on spaceships in the same world as Iron Man and Thor, he he make and what he's done with like Peacemaker and you know characters that everybody thought you would hate. Has made him likable. I cannot wait to see what he does with DC Studios and the ten-year plan he's got moving forward. And this looks like it'll be his last Marvel Marvel film, at least for a while. Uh, but until I believe April or May or whenever this film actually comes out and he does the the post press junkets and all that stuff, he's going to be with Marvel and DC. And I think that's really cool to see somebody in the the. Uh, Kind of Not in both realms. In the industry, uh, in both both lands. And he actually responded to a Twitter post that said, uh, you should leave Marvel for DC now. And he said, no, dude, like, it's okay to love both. And I think that's that a way I to be a really good way. fan, you know? Right. That's it's a healthy health, way to be healthy a fandom. Yeah. But as I was watching the trailer, I started kind of feeling those feelings like, you know, I've never really felt sentimental watching the Guardians movies, but I kind of felt that, honestly, in this trailer. Uh, it's really going to be disappointing to say that the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie will have a new cast because they've said multiple times in the past that the next that this is the last movie with the original cast. Now, maybe some familiar faces might return, and things could change. Maybe... Maybe the whole cast will come back. Maybe James Gunn in four years when he's done with DC, or if he leaves DC, maybe it doesn't work out. He'll do Guardians 4 and everybody will come back. But moving forward, I think it's going to be a loss for the MCU. Whether you like Guardians of the Galaxy or not, I think you can say at least that it's a big IP for them. Right. And so the loss of that IP is kind of going to be damaging. But those are... All of my feelings while watching the trailer, I know, is kind of all over the place, but I really liked it and I'm really excited. But what do you think, Eleanor? Oh, man. I mean, I'm going to try to be as, you know, as nice as possible, but Guardians just isn't for me. I just have never really been pulled toward them. Even when I saw them in like Endgame and Infinity War, I was just like, Rocket's funny to me, but everyone else just doesn't really appeal to me. Like, I don't know what it is. And maybe that's why I also didn't enjoy the holiday special as much is just because I'm not emotionally invested in these characters. And so for me, 
And I'm just going to be totally honest with everyone. I've never seen the Guardians of the Galaxy movies all the way through. Wow. I've seen bits and pieces. Um, I'm kind of a DC fangirl, too. So, I mean, there's there's that. But And I'm always, you know, I'm open to watching them. And I definitely do want to see the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. But for me, the trailer, and maybe it's just because trailers don't always appeal to me either. Sometimes, like, trailers, I'll watch it and be like, that looks like garbage. And then I go see it. And I'm like, that looks, um, that, that was amazing. But for me, the trailer just... And it is the first trailer, I believe, too. Right. So I don't think you're going to have the whole story. Of, but It just felt almost identical to Love and Thunder's trailer. And so it just kind of like, like, maybe the trailers are just feeling boring to me. Tone-wise? or Yeah. And like, it just... And just the way the trailers were set up, the scenes they chose, it just felt very similar to me. And maybe that's just the way the trailer is. I think I just have more complaints about the trailer than the movie. Like, hmm. I think the movie seems interesting, but I just wish trailer companies would either change the way they're doing trailers or, I don't know, let's come up with something fresh. Well, I think every studio has different, like, companies making trailers for them. I just remember, because I'm old as hell, like, when you would see trailers and it was like, coming this summer, and you had, like, an announcer <laughs> and stuff. I remember I loved that shit as a kid. As cheesy as it was, I was like, oh, well, yeah, I'm ready for the summer. I know what's happening. With with Thor Love and Thunder, though, the trailer was like, uh, was it, it wasn't ACD, was it Aerosmith? Or was it? Guns N' Roses. It was Guns N' Roses, sorry. That's what I meant. Not Aerosmith, Jesus. Um And then with the Guardians 3 trailer, though, I felt like it was, like, almost sad, like, epic it was 80s music yeah because they've always had 70s and 80s music was it 80s music yes i I definitely think it was i couldn't recognize the band but i remembered the song like it sounds like something like when you're on a road trip with your dad what they would hear on the radio like that kind of music and i'm like i love classic rock music so i'm good with this but it wasn't even the music or the like it was just the feeling i got from the trailer the way the trailer was presented to me did not pique my interest in it and that's just kind of been a thing for me lately with trailers. I think the last trailer that I was like, holy fuck, I'm hyped, was the Batman. And that's because they used Nirvana's music and I shit my pants a little bit. But, <laughs> I mean, if they were using Nirvana's music, maybe I'd be more appealed to it. But it's just, like, the way trailers are set up just feel very similar. Either they give too much of the movie away, and then I'm like, well, I just saw the whole damn movie in the trailer. <clears throat> Black Adam. And then there are other movies where I'm like, I didn't see enough of the goddamn movie in the trailer. I don't know what the fuck this is about. What is happening? So I don't know. Like, there's no way to please me, I guess, is what I'm saying. But I would want to see this because I do like James Gunn's work. I do want to support his work and also want to see the final chapter on this. But I will want to go back and watch the first two, of course, before we watch it. So do you think watching the first two will change how you feel? Potentially it could, yeah. But So you were admitting that at right. least. Right. Like I said, I'm totally biased in the fact that I have not seen these movies. So me watching the trailer after not seeing them, of course I'd be like, Yeah, who gives this shit? You but know? I, I, <laughs> but... I think it's really interesting to to hear like the different perspective of somebody who hasn't <clears throat> excuse me, somebody who hasn't watched the first two to see the trailer for the final film, which you know, this is also after James Gunn was fired by Marvel, and then 
he was kind oh, of yeah, on the I market all that for like happen on Twitter. Yeah, he was on the fart market for like ten minutes, and then Warner Brothers scooped him up, and then Marvel was like, "Oh shit, what have we done?" And then they got him back, but he had to do the Suicide Squad first. So this movie's been a long time in the making. So with all of that said, I think it's really interesting that this is how you feel. Um, so I don't think you need to apologize or anything. I think it's fascinating. I think it's great, but. Yeah, I hope you're. I hope you feel differently after watching. And the maybe first the two. second, maybe the second uh, trailer will come out, and I'll be like, "All right, this is lit. I'm on board." You know, this is also the first trailer, so it just kind of like gives you like a taste of what's going on. And to me, it just had that similar MCU flavor. The way they kind of present all their trailers, but especially for me, it felt a lot like Thor: Love and Thunder's trailer. So, again, like it could totally change if I see the first two movies. Right. And, you know, we we barely saw little glimpses of Adam Warlock here and there and just little glimpse. Like, I'm sure we'll get a lot more of the story in the next trailer. So we'll see right. going forward. But what do you guys think? Have, have you seen the first two Guardians of the movies? And if so, what did you think of Guardians 3 trailer? Did you feel kind of like me or are you feeling a little more towards Eleanor's side or somewhere in the middle? Whatever you feel. Let's try to keep it friendly like me and Eleanor did. All right, guys. So now we are going to go into a quicker round of sorts, a little game called Buy or Sell. I'm sure you've heard of it before. This is our own rendition, our very first time playing the game, so bear with us. There might be some road bumps. Um, we've got five items picked out. So I'm gonna, I've am gonna. i picked them out. Eleanor has not seen them. So I'm going to give my brief thoughts, whether I buy it or sell. And But what that means is whether or not I believe the item is happening, I don't believe the item is happening, or whether or not I like the fact that it's happening or don't like it. That being said, number one, the editor for the Flash movie came out about a week ago and said that the reason for the constant delays of the movies is because of the revolutionary tech used for the CGI of using multiple characters on screen at once. So totally, you know, not at all have to do with the, the seven different directors, writer changes or any of the drama with the leading actor behind the scenes on um, or off camera, behind the camera. I totally sell this. I do not believe it. Now, I think it could be partially true. I think that they actually are using revolutionary tech that hasn't been used before because they name-dropped the company that invented it. So I am excited to see what they use in this movie to make the multiple Barry Allens or Flash characters, whichever they are, uh, and that excites me, but also the fact that it's the first time they've used it for a movie on this scale, that also kind of worries me at the same time because that means they don't have any experience doing it and they're testing it out on, you know, my favorite character. So I am a little cautiously optimistic, but I do sell this. Eleanor, what do you think? Oh, total sell. I think this has a snowball's chance in hell of being true. I mean, <laughs> of course, I think there's like a 1% chance that, yes, like it's 1% of the problem of why this was delayed. Sure. But James Cameron came up with a new motion capture device for underwater and it didn't take that long. So, I mean, the real reason Avatar 2 probably took so long is because he was busy exploring the whole fucking ocean. But 
regardless of James Cameron. I don't think this is the reason why. There's so much shit that has been happening with Ezra Miller. I think that... <laughs> don't laugh at me. I think that's what, what the problem was. Like They're like, no, no, it's technology. Total sell. Don't believe this at all. 100% don't believe this. <laughs> all right. Well, you're definitely riding the line there on which side you're on. I definitely can't tell at all. Uh, number two, Vincent D'Onofrio's MCU endgame for his character Wilson Fisk is fighting Spider-Man. In an interview, he mentioned characters like Spider-Man, uh, Punisher, Daredevil, and he said he teased all you guys have no idea what you got in wait for Daredevil Born Again. You have no idea what you're in store for. You cannot, you will not want to stop watching. And the end game for my character is to be able to fight Punisher in the MCU, Daredevil, Spider-Man. When asked which Spider-Man and which characters out of those uh, previously mentioned, which ones did he want to fight the most, his answer was all of them. So I'm not sure if he meant all of them as in he wants to fight Spider-Man, Punisher, and Daredevil, or if he meant all of them as well as all three Spider-Man, Andrew, Toby, Tom, all three at the same time. Uh, buy or sell, do you think that it's going to happen, and would you want it to happen? Uh, buy. Double. Double buy. Double buy. Bye-bye. Bye yes. bye. It's going to happen. You want it to happen. Yes, absolutely. Especially if you put Toby McGuire in there. Bye. Definitely want to buy. Because, I mean, can you imagine all three Spider-Man and Daredevil and Punisher all together trying to take him down and then Vincent D'Onofrio just turning around like god tier like I will absolutely destroy you that would be amazing oh I'm just fantasizing about a movie to see that come on please I'm ready <laughs> well I'm going to buy that I want it to happen but I'm going to sell that I don't think it's going to happen because first of all I think it would be amazing to have Daredevil and Spider-Man on screen together and especially oh, taking absolutely. on Wilson Fisk because that is one of Daredevil's biggest villains, and one of uh, Wilson Fisk's biggest foes is not only Daredevil, but also Spider-Man. So it makes sense to have those characters going at him as well. Um, as far as it actually happening, whether I sell it because it also includes Punisher, uh, Daredevil, Spider-Man, and potentially also Toby and Andrew. If we're going to see Toby and Andrew again, as much as I'd love to see especially Andrew's uh, Spider-Man go up against well, a character like Wilson Fisk, where we've seen Andrew's character kind of go darker at times. Wilson Fisk would be his most iconic villain. Um, oh, yeah. I think that would be an amazing fit. I don't think it'll ever happen. And the same with Punisher. I don't think it's going to happen at least for quite some time. I hope they do bring in the Punisher soon, but for now, gotta sell it. I could see why you say that, though, especially with the Bob Iger taking back over. Like, yeah, I don't know if Punisher would be in his itinerary. The one thing I will applaud Bob Shapek for doing is putting Logan, Deadpool, Deadpool 2, Daredevil, Punisher on Disney+. Plus. Because right. like HBO Max is now, for the most part, and it's not going to be this way for long, and we'll talk about it soon. Disney Plus right now, you can go on and watch all Star Wars and pretty much all Marvel, other than Ben Affleck's Daredevil, which is on HBO for some reason. But pretty much all Star Wars, all Marvel, all Pixar, all Disney, even the R-rated Marvel content, if you allow it through your settings and whatnot. Right, right? and you can have a kid's I profile love that. I love that. But there was reports back in the day that Bob Iger is not a big fan of that. So 
Who knows? And speaking of R-rated content, number three, MCU's Blade gets a new writer and director. Now, this movie has gone through so many delays. I feel like we've been talking about Blade almost as long as we've been talking about Black Adam and The Flash. Whether it's been a movie in the MCU or out of the MCU, they've really been trying to get Blade off the ground for a really long time. And honestly, they have so much high-caliber talent uh, attached to this film currently, and they've had it attached in the past. Honestly, I'm going to just sell this because I don't trust the fact that they're going to keep this writer and director. I'm not going to even attempt to say the names because I am super just bad with all names of Cues, all kind. I can attest to that. So, <laughs> and I'm also really bad with directions, so I'm really just dumb. All right. The new writers and directors, I'm just, I don't trust that they're going to stay on board. So I'm going to sell. Eleanor, what about you? Well, I'm going to say sell too, just because um, this has been going on for so long, but because of how much developmental hell it's been in, I didn't know about it until this year. So that's kind of bad if you've been working on a movie for a really, 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 really long time. Well, I think and they I just officially it. announced it. They officially announced the MCU version only a couple of years ago, I believe, but they've been trying to get Blade back off the ground for years and years and years. Right, and I still had no idea about it. And if it's going through that much developmental hell, you're going to have a hard time keeping people attached to it, just like The Flash. And The Flash has had a really hard time keeping directors, writers, stars attached it's to these things. It's kind of becoming the MCU's Flash. It's, it is. Not quite, but especially it's not with, with the, the drama. Right, exactly. Minus the drama, but with the developmental hell, Yes, similar to Black Adam, I would say. More similar than with The Flash, because Black Adam had a hard time getting off the ground as well. And right. it had a lot of talent attached to it. Whereas this has a lot of talent attached to it, they're having a hard time getting it off the ground, and I have no idea if we're going to see it, so I'm going to say sell. It's having creative drama, not legal drama. Right. Number four is going to be a little bit of a different one. The Walking Dead spinoff shows and finale... Uh, just released for the series finale just a couple of weeks ago, and it had the best numbers the show has had in over two years, introducing spinoff shows for characters like Daryl, characters like Rick and Michonne, and characters like Negan and uh, Maggie. Now, I am not caught up to date with The Walking Dead. Honestly, I dropped out, I think, in the middle of season eight, maybe watched uh, a handful of episodes since, and honestly, those handful of episodes were great. But the majority of the episodes that I did watch, I, it just didn't feel like the same show to me. But I, I am not up to date. I'm a couple of seasons behind. That being said, I buy these new shows and the fact that the finale seems like, for the most part, was pretty well received. It wasn't necessarily a good buy to everybody, but some characters did have send-offs and it was done respectfully. So I applaud them for that. And I also applaud them for not making the same mistake that I feel like this show has done multiple times in the past, which is instead of putting the spotlight on the characters we love, introducing characters we don't care about. And so it sounds like they're not doing that and introducing spinoff shows for the characters we love. So I buy this. Eleanor, you're not as big of a Walking Dead fan as me. You watched about three seasons and a handful of episodes after that. You hear about the finale doing well and three new spinoff shows in development. Do you buy? Do you sell? Totally buy. This is a really good IP that I think has been going on for years. And although the fan base has dwindled 
um, since Rick left the show, I think is when it started to become unpopular. Honestly, probably even before that. It has dwindled, definitely. I would buy that this, like, a finale of any show, especially if it's long-running, people are going to tune in, even if they haven't seen it in a long time, just to see what the fuck happened. So I could see this being that way, and I could see people plugging in. So, yeah, I definitely buy this. And hopefully the spinoff shows are good, because it seems like there's a lot of hype around it, at least what I'm seeing on social media. I've kind of, you know scrounge around Twitter and stuff and see what people are saying. And it seems like people are, for the most part, pretty positive toward it. So I'll buy. Or at least cautiously optimistic. Right. Right. We're the ones who live. We are the ones who live. All right. And our last buy or sell, David Ayer, not giving up hope, not yet, for the damn Ayer cut. Hashtag release the Ayer cut. Now, this is almost, not quite yet, hasn't reached the same level of support as released the Snyder Cut. You know, we don't have all the same billboards and the trends and the overwhelming level of support. And some, not all, but some toxic fandom. This seems like it has been a little less toxic and also a little less loud. But David Ayer is saying with the new DC Studios and James Gunn, Peter Safran taking over DC Studios, he is not giving up hope that his film could still see the light of day. He has shown bits and pieces to a few people here and there. And all of them, all of them, probably all friends of David Ayer, but all of them have said great film, way better than the theatrical cut. And all of them have also said Jared Leto delivers a great performance as Joker. I buy that I want it to happen. I sell that it's not going to happen. I don't see James Gunn now being the uh, show or guy in charge or one of the two guys in charge of DC Studios greenlighting a film like a really, uh, an Ayer cut or David Ayer's Suicide Squad is probably something they would call it. When Zack Snyder's Justice League, although well-received by critics and overwhelming well-received by fans didn't make them any money because they released it straight to HBO. They wouldn't have to do that with this movie. They could put it in theaters. I don't know if they'd want to though, because the suicide squad directed by James Gunn himself didn't do well in theaters, but it was also released day and date and there was the pandemic. So I'm going to have to unfortunately sell this. I want to see it. I just don't think we'll ever see it. I think it's on the shelf with Batgirl. 100% agree, unfortunately. I sell that I think it's going to happen. I buy that I want it to happen. Because I totally, when I saw the original, original, original trailers for this, I was like, ooh, I'm interested. And then when I saw the movie, I was like, what an ass. So, I mean, I think most people thought that. So, I'm definitely excited you know, that he's excited and I hope that he's right. Like, I think there's a 1% chance that it could happen. I could see James Gunn being like, you know what? We want to do what the fans want. And this is what the fans want. If the fans are loud enough. But I personally think that the Snyder Cut movement was lightning trapped in a bottle. We're never going to see something like that again. Where literally Twitter bullies a studio into releasing the movie they want to see. I don't see that happening a second time. And especially because it didn't make them any money. It made them some subscribers. But most people who wanted to see it probably already had HBO. So I don't see this happening again, unfortunately. But I do hope that it does. 
And I think they did release the numbers for Zack Snyder's Justice League, and it was good, but it wasn't what they were hoping it was going right, to be. Right, it didn't do gangbusters like Stranger Things was done for right. Netflix. But it's hard to tell because maybe, like you said, maybe a lot of people subscribed when they first announced the film in general. Right. But I would love to see it. And David Ayer has mentioned that him and James Gunn are good friends and that he thinks James Gunn's a great guy. So it's not totally impossible. But that is buy or sell for this week. Let Ooh-hoo. us know what you guys are buying and selling this week. And maybe next week we'll be getting to play again. Hopefully the news well isn't too dry. But moving on to our fourth main topic. As you can see, we broke up the first half with a lot of Marvel news, and then Buy or Sell has been kind of a mix. And this week, it seems like we're going to be able to do a perfect uh, divide between Marvel and DC, as the second half of this show is going to be primarily DC. Uh, Number four, WB Discovery in negotiation talks with Amazon for DC animated projects. Yeah, a little weird when I read that one. It is unclear whether or not Amazon would be producing new content or act as a distributor. It is also unclear when the deal will close. So with James Gunn taking over DC Studios and renaming the DC or giving it an official name, the DCU, which I love, by the way, it sounds like he has plans for the live action movies, TV, and even some animated projects to be canon all in the DCU, kind of like Star Wars. And he's right. even mentioned video games. Um, but he said that comics, although they're, they have great communication with comics, they're not going to be any DCU comics at this time, or at least if there is, it might be minor. But he has also expressed the fact that there is still going to be some animated movies that exist out of the DCU, which is nothing new for DC animation. If any of you guys are fans of DC animation, you know over the years there's been the DCAU, which was all like multiple different animated series that all uh, took place in the same universe, while there was also the DC uh, animated original standalone movies, which just kind of all were based off of graphic novels. And then there was the DC animated movie universe, which was all based off of New 52 movies that were all kind of in the same universe and it's all on HBO Max, right? Right. So if you want to be able to go and watch your DC animated movies, you have one platform, kind of like how we were talking about Marvel and DC or uh, Disney. And I love that about HBO Max right now. If you go on DC, it's kind of overwhelming uh, if you're looking for something live action because there's 10 times the amount of animated stuff on there. And, you know, half of it's amazing, I'd say, or half of it's really good. Uh, it doesn't necessarily surprise me after I sit down and think about it, though, because David Zaslav is going across all platforms of live action, scripted uh content and animated content and cutting cutting costs across the company as much as he possibly can and they even said in their uh, press release that this will make them more money being able to branch certain content on other streaming services and getting away from the idea of having everything on one service so kind of going like a Netflix route where Netflix has multiple different things on their streaming service, but I guess the opposite. So branching out their content to other bidders to make more money, essentially. 
so it makes sense from business standpoint, I guess. But long term, I guess, what does it mean for the DC animated universes? Um, what does it mean for the DCU? What do you think about this? What was your initial thoughts when you read that Amazon, of all companies, is going to be working? You know, and they've done Invincible. They've done uh, The Boys Diabolical. What do you think? So, kind of like a bar stool, my argument has three legs. <laughs> the first leg is, is the DCU going to be able to cross over with Invincible? And Great second question. of all, second, um, is Amazon then going to be taking all the stuff off HBO Max and it's only going to be there? And for me, that's a problem because then instead of paying for just one streaming service and getting all of my DC stuff, then I'll have to pay for two. And my third leg of it that's kind of an argument is, while it's a great business move, is it the best thing that's for your fans? And are you really going to prioritize moolah over the people who are supporting you? That is something that also kind of would be a problem for me. Just because, you know, once again, it mostly rests on, for those of us who don't want to be spending cable prices on TV, having to have five or six different streaming services just to watch the things we like is a pain in the ass. It's better for me. I remember the good old days because I'm old again. I'm reminding people I'm old. When you had just one streaming service and it was Netflix and you would order it in your queue and it would get mailed to your house. So I remember when that was a thing and it was like, Ever since then, now it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's just more streaming services, and if you want to watch this, it's over here. If you want to watch this, it's over here. And I already find that annoying. So if you split up the DC universe where it's live action here, animated here, I might be a little peeved. Well, I think there's still going to be animation on HBO, but it's going to be on both, perhaps. So we'll see Once how... Once again, annoying. Like... Girl, pick a streaming service, put it all on there. You said you were going to combine Discovery Plus and HBO Max. That hasn't happened. Now That's going branching... to happen, though. It will happen. Okay, if we're playing buy or sell with that. I'm selling on that. Because... <laughs> no, it's going to happen. <laughs> I believe they already said it's gonna. their plan is for next fall or something like that, or next summer. I'll believe it when I see it, because um, they have said so many things at Warner Brothers that haven't happened. But also, with Amazon, it's like, so then you're going to have, if you want to watch anything that's under the Warner Brothers umbrella, now you have three different apps that you need. What are you talking about? HBO Max, and then you would need Amazon if you wanted to watch any DC animated stuff. Some DC animated stuff. And then if you wanted the rest of Warner Brothers Discovery-owned stuff, you have to have Discovery Plus. So I'm saying is once again, (laughs) this is annoying. I'm saying just until next fall. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like, this is just annoying. Like, how much money y'all need to take from my goddamn wallet? Just let me watch my freaking Batman stuff, please. that's that's (laughs) not just WB Discovery, though. That's That's a conversation about streaming services and cable television and... Going right. back to yeah. uh, cutting cable and or cord cutting, and that's a discussion for another day. But... Right, but I do think there is a pro, and the thing is, is that Amazon is a big ass company, and they get a lot of revenue from a lot of different sources, so they have a lot of money to spend on animation. So if the animation studio does go over to Amazon, potentially we could see more projects because. Maybe they have more money if they're the ones producing it. That's just saying if they're the ones who are producing it. Then it could be like Invincible right, and, and Diabolical and all that stuff. They have 
really big budgets for that, I feel like, because they're really well made. Yeah. So I feel like then it could be something like that. And that would be really cool to be able to see a lot more DC animated stuff because they have more money to do it. Because, you know, Amazon also makes their money not just from Prime, but they make it from Amazon Music and selling all their stuff on the Amazon store. Like, be amazing. You know, I cannot wait for Invincible Season 2. My God, it has been so long. And Robert Kirkman has actually uh, commented on something you just mentioned, that the animation is very high budget, and it does uh, take a quite a long time for that type of animation to actually uh, get produced. So, And with all of the setbacks and shortages of CGI workers... Visual effects workers. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, that That's why that season two and three have been pushed back so far. So it's like, okay, that's another thing. You're not able to make your own shows. How many DC shows are you going to be able to make? But, Ooh, that's a good but point. if you are going to use that big of a budget, again, how many are you going to be able to do? I, I'm really excited to see either way. And I think it's a good idea because like Marvel... They have a lot of their MCU stuff under a certain playlist. And DC could do that with all of their DCU stuff, right? So they could have all of their DCU canon content on HBO Max and then any of their Elseworld animated stuff on Amazon. But that who knows? We'll find out if this deal even is uh, gets finalized. It's still... It's close, but... And then we'll get to know if it's going to be just a distribution platform, if Warner Brothers Animation is still going to be doing stuff all in-house, or if they're going to be licensing some animated DC characters, basically not licensing the characters, but allowing a studio to make some animated DC movies. That'll be very interesting to see and to see where that studio takes uh, those characters in what kind of direction, if it happens. But... What do you guys think? Do you think that's going to happen? Super interesting. Super weird, too. All right, our fifth main topic. Asher Angel, the actor who plays Billy Batson. God damn, he's almost grown up now. He's practically a man at this point. But Asher Angel is ready for Shazam to cross over with the rest of the DCU. He also has been teasing a lot lately in the media and maybe even kind of slipped up a tiny bit earlier this week. Uh, Earlier this week, he said how excited he was that James Gunn and Peter Safran would be taking charge of DC and that some big special movies are coming and that he couldn't wait for Shazam to cross over with the other DC superheroes. Now, yesterday, he kind of backtracked Uh, or maybe it was today, Uh, he kind of backtracked some of those comments in a new interview by basically saying that he basically said all of those same things but made it sound like he was more unsure if those big crossovers were indeed happening. But I can't wait to see how Shazam is involved getting crossed over with these other characters because we've been waiting to see, okay, we saw a headless Superman, but we haven't seen Black Adam, we haven't seen Henry Cavill, Wonder Woman. Now, we might be seeing Wonder Woman. Who knows? Um, We've seen lots of references, which has been great. And honestly, ever since Justice League, I think the first Shazam movie probably has the most references to the outside DC world, whether it's Superman, Batman, Flash, etc., Aquaman, 
Whereas Aquaman, you know, just a brief mention of Steppenwolf. So do you think that Asher Angel had a conversation with James and Peter and he accidentally slipped up and said, you know, in, in his original interview saying, you know, I'm excited for this 10-year plan and they've got some special movies coming and I can't wait to cross over with those other heroes. Do you think that's him saying, oh, the plan is that Shazam's crossing over with other heroes and that's part of the 10-year plan? Or do you think he's just saying, oh, yeah, they're, they're you know, he's basically hyping them. They're going to do a great job. Can't wait to see what they do. And my personal hope is that Shazam crosses over with these other characters. What did you take from his comments? So I think this is kind of a double-edged sword because I could see both being likely. But I'm kind of more in the boat that maybe he accidentally pulled a Tom Holland and then had to go back and kind of backtrack and be like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Like, I think that maybe the, uh, James Gunn was like, oh, bro. You got to play more coy about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, dude, I'm not going to, I'm going to blank out your scripts if you keep doing this. Like, they may gotta have to seem start... like you're wondering right, whether exactly. or not those you things are happening. You got to pull Andrew Garfield. You can't just do, See, come now out we and do have this. our tinfoil hats on. Right, exactly. I folded mine already. But, like, I think. Well, Andrew Garfield deserved an Oscar for the acting he did <laughs> before No Way Off Home. The screen. <laughs> And, you know, there was no script backing him up either. Right. But I could definitely see, like, James Gunn and them approaching him and being like, hey, so this is our plan for your character over the next 10 years. Are you Gucci with doing this for 10 years? Or do we need to find someone else? Like, how is this going for you? And then him being so excited about it, he just was like, oh, my God, I'm their biggest fan. And I'm so excited to cross over. And then James literally, like, James and Peter Safran, like, raising their eyebrow at him and being like, bro, seriously? We told you this. We didn't tell the media. But that's just also me being kind of overly optimistic, you know? It could totally not be that way. It could totally just be him speculating. And I could see that being just as likely. Um, But... I would definitely be excited and ready to see Shazam cross over into the rest of the universe. I've been waiting for it to happen. And Peter Safran's already a producer on those movies, so I'm sure he right. already has some sort of a relationship with Asher Angel. And and I'm sure when James Gunn took over DC Studios with Peter Safran, that he had a conversation with all of his, you know, his main stars, his main right. talent. Like Kevin Feige has a really good relationship with people like Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, uh, Scarlett Johansson, you know, the people that he knows is his moneymakers. Right. The ones that hold up his universe, at least on a professional relationship, you know. It's not like Scarlett Johansson sued Kevin Feige. Right, um, right. So I think James Gunn, is going to take a very similar approach, especially since he was kind of under Kevin Feige's wing for a little bit, and there were some plans for him to be kind of a second in command for him. I think he learned a lot from Kevin Feige. And Which is a good thing. It is, and he was already extremely talented. So I think that he might have already had a conversation with people like Zachary Levi, Asher Angel, and said, hey, how would you feel about playing Shazam for the next 10 years? Because... We want to build to a Crisis on Infinite Earths movie or a Kingdom Come movie or who knows what else. And we'd really love to have you there because we think you're both brilliant. And they'd both be like, does that mean we get to actually see Superman and not, you know, a stunt double? And they're like, oh, hell yeah. 
And right, exactly. I'd love to see what Zachary Levi thinks about James Gunn. I'd love to see him maybe show up on, uh, oh man, Inside of You, because Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, because Michael Rosenbaum, we do love Michael is Rosenbaum. a good friend with James Gunn. So you know he's going to ask, hey, what do you think about James Gunn taking over DC James Studios? James Gunn, please get Michael Rosenbaum back to be Lex Luthor. <gasps> oh, there cry. you go. All right. Well, so what do you guys think about Asher Angel's comments? Do you think that Shazam is going to cross over with the other superheroes soon? Superheroes that he arguably, some would say, by his second film, maybe should have already seen characters like Superman, Black Adam. Who knows? Maybe they will appear. I'm thinking there's a good chance that at least one of them will appear in the post credit scene. But what do you think? Do you think there's anything to these comments? Do you think he slipped up? Do you think maybe he's just speculating? Moving on to our final main topic, and then we'll let you go and enjoy the rest of your weekend. James Gunn posted a picture of an epic image from the Kingdom Come series showcasing Superman at the forefront, which of course has a lot of people excited and talking about whether or not he's teasing a character and everybody is over-examining the image, playing Where's Waldo, or just simply speculating what movies could be coming down the pipeline. And that's exactly what we're going to do, or rather give three DC projects or characters we want to see used or introduced in the DCU. And acting under the assumption we are still going to have the same characters we currently have. The Justice League, so Batman, we're still going to have Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, all that. The Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, etc. So basically the image, if you haven't seen it, it's got Superman at the forefront with Captain Marvel or Shazam in the image, uh, reflection. You got characters like Red Robin, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern. It's got a bunch of classic DC characters. And it's a beautiful image if you haven't seen it. And it's got a lot of people talking, ooh, maybe this means Kingdom Come. He's definitely emphasizing on Superman. So s- characters like Superman, who are already in the DCU, is not going to be on this list. Even though he hasn't gotten a second movie yet. Characters like Supergirl, who has already been in the trailer for The Flash, is not going to be on this list. Characters we've already really truly seen or we know we're going to see, like Blue Beetle's getting his own movie, he's not going to be on this list. Make sense? All right, let's get into it. Eleanor, would you like to start? Sure. So my three, I'm going to say Killer Frost. I'm a sucker for ice characters, so I'd love to see Killer Frost. Number two, I'd say Reverse Flash, because Earbarthon is a queen. And number three, Poison Ivy, because I feel like that character has been really done dirty in live-action movies ever since Batman and Robin. She's just kind of been pushed under the rug, so I'd love to see her come back in the DCU. What are your three? So where do you think those characters would show up? Killer Frost, I think, like, pretty much the first two you could put in any Flash movies. Like, Killer Frost kind of... Yeah, Killer Frost or a Suicide Squad would be right. amazing. Yeah, just have her show James up. Gunn. Like, oh that would be amazing. And, I mean, I don't know who they'd cast, but hello. Like... Any talented actress. Right. And then uh, Reverse Flash, um, definitely in a Flash movie. Like, if they do a second Flash movie... I would love to see Eobard Thawne show up and just be like, hello, I'm here to mess up your life. I'd be like, yes, please. Because I was already kind of sad when I heard like the Flash was going for a Flashpoint feel and that we weren't going to see Reverse Flash in it. Right. We I weren't going to have I was that so third act pissed. with Barry and Thawne. 
I was so pissed. I was like, are you kidding me? I love the reverse flash. Like the animated flashpoint movie, that reverse flash is just like. See Thomas Howell. Yes. Creme de la creme. Pony boy. So good. So good. And then Poison Ivy, I could see her popping up in maybe the Batman's universe, but I feel like she would have more of a realistic twist put on her if we did see her. Or maybe in like a Suicide Squad movie, we might see her. You know what she'd be? Hmm. You know what she'd be? Hmm. Hannah McKay from Dexter, but with red hair, maybe. Maybe. I could kind of see that. Like She would I, have a garden. She'd be a gardener. A poisonous plant. And she'd be and a, she's killer. a serial killer. Yeah, she'd be a serial killer. Poison. Some of you are being like, oh my god, that sounds amazing. Some of you are probably going, that sounds stupid. Whatever you think, let us know. And then what was your other one? It was just uh, Killer Frost, Reverse Flash, and Poison Ivy. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great list. Great list. And you know, it's so hard to choose three because... There's so many great characters. And notice I mean, that I only picked villains, too. <laughs> you could say Zatanna, Green Arrow, Brainiac, right there. Great list, right? I would have said Black Adam. He would have been my easily my number one because I think he's like just the best anti-hero in right. DC But then comics. he got a movie. Then he got a movie, and he's definitely just the anti-hero. He doesn't seem like he's going for any sort of a villain vibe and i Who kind knows? of like him better as maybe a villain at times. as they go forward they'll change that right maybe yeah exactly i did really like the movie still it was enjoyable but number three jake eric now it was really hard to not also put wally west at my number one i, was about to I say. wanted to put wally west at my number one because i'm a huge wally fan and if you wanted to get away from the barry allen ezra miller drama you just rewrite the character. You, I don't know. You change the timeline, something. All of a sudden, it's Wally West. I know people have thrown that out there, and it sounds stupid as hell. Maybe Barry dies, and, and Wally West you know, comes out. It would make no sense, logically. But if they did it, I'm that big of a Wally fan, then I would forgive it. You know, with the Flash, he can outrun logic, though. So I think that's good. <laughs> I think you <laughs> could have it happen. Speaking of the Flash, my number three is Jake Eric, like I said. They already introduced the Justice Society, and it felt like it was missing a speedster and a guy with a green ring. Uh, I would love to see more of the Justice Society. I think a Justice Society movie with maybe Shazam as their leader or one of their leaders, maybe Wonder Woman. You got maybe Alan Scott, Green Lantern. Like I said, Jake Eric. You already got Hawkman, Adam Smasher, uh cyclone i think that is a at least a 500 million dollar movie maybe 600 million but could be double what black adam was number two green arrow it's unfortunate that it probably will not be Stephen amell because there's a lot of cw baggage that would come along with that but honestly Stephen amell and grant gustin i think are born to play those roles. Now, they did maybe great I know people say that, oh, it's the CW version. And yeah, for sure, there is definitely a lot of like the love triangle soap opera elements that they themselves had to play into a lot. Right. But the superhero elements and the character elements and the emotional elements, they all not just delivered, but slam dunk, home fucking, what is it called? The home run. Home run. Grand Slam, drive all the way home, whatever the... F- I'm a football Let me guy. Pitch you. Can you tell I'm a football guy? Yeah. Touchdown, Let- motherfucker. Let me pitch <laughs> That's what you... they do. Let me pitch you a Green Arrow casting. Michael Fassbender. I think, honestly... Well... It- He's a very talented actor. Yes, he is. And I love Michael Fassbender. 
for some reason, I kind of envision someone a little shorter. I know that sounds stupid because he doesn't have to be. Uh, because Michael, Michael, Michael Keaton's a great Batman and he's short and I'm short. Uh, and Stephen Amell is tall. But I just feel like Michael Fassbender probably wouldn't want to do uh, DC. You know, I feel like he's already done comic book movies. I think he wants to move on. Who knows? But, you but, know, that's my fan casting. I do like it. I do like it. But number one, and this might be a cheat. Some of you might say it's a cheat. This is Green Lantern. I know he technically showed up in Justice League, but it was a different version of Green Lantern. I want to see Hal Jordan, Jon Stewart, Alan Scott, one of the three or all three preferably. Um, I know there's a lot of Kyle Rayner, Guy Gardner fans out there, and there's even a, a, a lot of female Green Lanterns. I mean, you could have an infinite amount of freaking Green Lanterns because it's an entire core Right. So you don't need to just have one. You can it have makes, a Guardians of the Galaxy makes, feel, too, because of how space adventure it is. Right. It makes no sense to just say, oh, also, we, we can only have one. You could have, like, a variant of Nathan Fillion, and he could do Green Lantern as well as being... Uh, you know, I know a lot of people said he'd be a great Hal Jordan. I think he's a little too old nowadays, but he would be a great Alan Scott. He is that age. You could he's have perfect um, age. You know who deserves some redemption as Green Lantern is Ryan Reynolds. Well, I would love it, but I don't think he ever would. You know, before well, I mean, Deadpool did kill him, so there is that. <laughs> you know, b- before he uh, was attached to Green Lantern, he was actually attached to the Flash. I as believe Wally it was West, right. Yep, as Wally West, and that oh my been a good god, casting. I believe it was a David Goyer film. I want to say. Um, so who knows how it would have turned out, but it would have been really cool to see. Oh yeah, really definitely. Cool to see. And it would have been nice to see a live action version of that version of Wally West. I know they did the, like the new 52 version of Wally West on the CW and they, they nailed the new 52 version, but it's just, it's a completely different character. And right. in the comics, even in Rebirth, they have established Wallace West, the new 52 Wally is Kid Flash. And the original Wally is his own different character. And, you know, with... Which is refreshing that they're not erasing either one. Right. They are two different characters. They can both completely exist. And just like in the DCU, I'm not saying you have to erase Barry Allen, because I love Barry from the DCU, but I'd love to see Jay Garrick in there, Wally okay. West in there. You know but also be Wally good... didn't make it, because I don't think they'll ever do that. You know who'd also be a, maybe a good casting for Green Lantern? What about Sebastian Stan? Sebastian Stan, he's kind of already in the MCU, so I think... How? Oh, well, in the MCU. I thought you said DCU. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of already in the MCU, so I don't like, I, I wait, who's he? Think... You mean Bucky? <laughs> yeah, you know, the Winter Soldier. Um... That little film, you know, that little part in a film, you know. Just the yeah, arm. Yeah, I'm mad at you now. Don't don't <laughs> talk that way about the Winter Soldier, Bucky. <laughs> You know, but, you could also just look at anyone in Game of Thrones, and that's pretty talented people right there that you could pick. You could cast anybody. It doesn't matter. As long as it's written well for that actor and that person's, uh, you know, their their best Ability. tributes and abilities, yeah. then that's all that really matters. If they cast, you know, Christian Bale. Christian Bale's a great actor, but if they don't write it perfectly for him, eh, it's not going to work out. But right. Those are my three. Jake Eric, Green Arrow, Green Lantern. It's a disgrace that we have not gotten a Green Lantern movie in over a decade. 
and we've not ever had a Green Arrow movie. And we've, other than uh, John Wesley Ship as Jay Garrick on the CW, that is beautifully done. I want to see Jay Garrick Ooh, we on could the see, Justice Society. We could see him again in the Justice Society. John Wesley Ship would be perfect. I don't know, because then again, CW then be baggage. CW baggage. That was the biggest problem with it. But I mean, I think he did a great job. But what do you guys think? Um, what are your three peeps that you'd want to see? Do you see any of these peeps that we mentioned happening? Or what's your three projects that you think James Gunn could be working on? Right. He's definitely... We also didn't mention Booster Gold because it's kind of already a given. He's already majorly teased characters like Booster Gold. And I feel like, like a majorly Gold teased one is also Lobo. Like, that's another Lobo, big one. Red Hood, I think, are all coming. You know, that'll be it for us today, guys. Thank you for hanging out with us. Let us know what your guys' thoughts are in the comments. And if you are listening on YouTube, please make sure to give us a like, subscribe to the channel, leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. If you are listening on a podcasting service like Amazon Music, Samsung Podcasts, or Spotify, or another of your favorite podcasting services, please make sure to give us a five-star review, as it does help us reach more listeners like you. That will be it for us today, guys. And remember to iron your capes. Peace.